0: Welcome to the Leading Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Fernandez, and I'm here to talk about all things leadership. I know being a woman leader feels more complicated than ever, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing advice from my own experiences so that you can level up every aspect of your life. No topic is off limits as we explore what it means to live with confidence in your purpose and calling, from what it means to be a bold woman in every sphere of influence, to how to balance your work and personal life and everything in between. So whether you lead a church, a business, a team, or are the CEO of your own home, join us for authentic conversations, inspiring stories, and the tools and strategies that will equip you to become the leading lady of your own life. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast today. Today, I'm joined by my very good friend, Amy Fletcher Faircloth, and she is the founder of AFM Communications. Her roots are in journalism. She um, actually began her career at the Gazette in Colorado Springs and then became a healthcare reporter. Um, and I think you did, were you a healthcare reporter for a while?
1: Yeah, and like, covered the state legislature too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, she's covered everything healthcare, insurance, and all these different things for even the Denver Business Journal um but she is an amazing communicator over 20 years of experience and i've just gotten to know you in the more volunteer setting of young life right. but like your career i'm so excited to talk to you about just kind of how you got into journalism how you became a reporter and now you run your own firm so that yeah, let's get into it let's get into how it how did you start out in journalism that's what i want to know actually
1: well, I always loved to write, even as a little girl. Okay. And um, but when I was in high school, I started thinking about. I was very a type A, like methodical. Thinker. Really,
0: I wouldn't mean, have known that about. <laughs> I know it's shocking
1: to hear. <laughs> it's shocking to hear.
0: It's okay. We're both type A, so we like bond over yes, our type A ness. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, and I was trying to think about, like in high school, they want you to like plan out your classes for yeah. like all four years kind of have an idea and I'm like well if I'm gonna plan out my classes I need to know what I'm like gonna like a high
0: schooler wants to do this mm-hmm. oh, like in high school okay. he Wants us to
1: do this okay and I'm like oh I kind of need to think about like well maybe what do I want to study in college because that kind of mm-hmm. impacts things and I'm like well what I want to study in college yeah it's really impacted by what I want to do right yeah and yeah so, I literally got a book from the library. OK. And like, just started reading these um, job descriptions. Oh my gosh, I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. The library, guys, before Google, <laughs> yes. there was a library. You could check out
1: a book <laughs> and read it. Yeah. 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 And actually, PR was something I was interested in. But okay. I, I, I did some research and found a lot of good PR people started out at, as journalists.
0: OK. See, I think I knew that just from being in the marketing industry, but I wouldn't have put that together. Like, you're like, OK, if I want to do PR, why don't I be a journalist first? Yeah. And that's cool. But it turns out
1: I love journalism in a so, way that I couldn't have anticipated. Really? Yep, I
0: loved it. So, did you take journalism classes in high school? Did you guys no. have that?
1: No, I don't think we had journalism classes in high school. I went to a math and science academy. I know this sounds a little really? counterintuitive. Yeah. Yes, but I did to work on the newspaper. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: okay. So, like at my school, we had journalism one and two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I took it, and I remember, I'll never forget my journalism class because I was sitting in journalism class when 9 11 happened. And, like, literally, were watching mm. on screen I watched the second plane and it was just like like our our teacher was like I almost said professor but our teacher was like yeah. guys this is news like this yeah. is this is in real time like this is right. worldwide news like and so we were like oh my gosh like and I sort of got bit by the bug a little bit there of like Ooh, this is like amazing like yeah. I want to be this person who shares you know the information with sure. everyone but it was interesting because I was like after that journalism class I was like I know I want to do communications to some degree mm-hmm. but I don't know like I didn't want to feel like an ambulance chaser right like who's right. <laughs> gonna and yeah. I know there are different types of journalism there are
1: I was a business reporter so you yeah. did not have to chase any no ambulances. ambulance chasing <laughs> No. Yes. No, but I was working that day. Were um, you? Yeah, really? at The Denver Business Journal. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So we had to go out and work that day. Oh, that's awful. Um, that must, have, must have been a hard day. It was a lot to process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what were you guys? Were you just going out and
0: talking to people? Or? Yeah,
1: we were just kind of seeing, you know, what was happening downtown. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people ended up leaving that day. Um yeah.
0: Just going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going
1: home. That we were, you know, journalists work in those situations. I know. It, that's something I always thought about after my
0: journalism class and after that moment was, like, you have to work. Mm-hmm. Like, you, this is now, like, you're on, you're, this is your zone. You can't just be like, oh, I want to go and process this. It's no. like, you got to yeah. go. That's yeah. tough.
1: It's a tough job sometimes. Yeah. You know? yeah.
0: So what did you like about your journalism career? Like, I mean, I know Ugh. you still write today, but yeah. what did you like about I being love, on the
1: ground? Yeah, I love writing. I love meeting people and learning new things mm-hmm. and being able to provide information to really important discussions that are happening. Mm. And you know, for me that was healthcare yeah. and things going on in the legislature and that combination for me was just a great one.
0: Yeah. And it is a great one. What piqued your interest in healthcare?
1: Um well I mentioned that I went to this math and science academy, and I was really interested in kind of medical things. Okay. Yeah, and so I really thought I was going to be like a healthcare science writer type of person. Okay. But when I was in graduate school, I was in D.C., and I was covering – I was the D.C. correspondent for a paper in a little small town in Iowa, and I was covering um, Senator Grassley, Charles Grassley. Yeah. He does a lot on Medicare, and in that process I learned – you know how we fund healthcare is mm. almost as important as the actual healthcare that we provide because if you can't pay for it and provide access to it and finance it yeah that creates big problems and so that's kind of where <laughs> yeah. I went like in this business healthcare trajectory.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Now did you how did you start working at the capital because I know then you went on to work at the I mean we weren't I don't know if we were at the capital at the same time. It was there 2011 so
1: Yeah, I was there before you.
0: Okay, but yeah, how I did you am, end up there? She's much older than
1: you. She <laughs> look it I mean we could be sisters but
0: um, yes yeah, so you're sneaky that way
1: <laughs> yeah um, no I was there uh, starting in 2000
0: okay yeah and then like how did you what took you to the capitol
1: yeah well they wanted someone there my editor actually had um, been a bureau chief at the legislature and okay. we knew that something there's a lot of important business that happens at the capitol and we knew yeah. that business readers needed to know about it and yeah. there's a lot of healthcare that happens at the capitol as well and so yeah. it was Natural intersection there.
0: Yeah, I think um, the capital is such a unique environment, mm. as we know. It is, and I think every state capital has its own kind of sure. vibe. Mm-hmm. But what was it like for you to be a woman? And you were pretty young at this point, right? Yeah, a young woman mm-hmm. working at the Capitol. Because we don't think we've ever talked about this. Right. But I'm curious if you had a similar dynamic to me, or if it was different, being like on the press side versus me being a legislative aide.
1: Yeah, I bet it was a little different in that when you're a journalist, you kind of are viewed as having the power a little bit because yeah. you're the person telling the story. and yeah. so I you're think you're more that-
0: of a threat. <laughs> You're more of a threat, I guess, yeah. Yeah, my bosses were always, like, hiding, like, there's a journalist. <laughs> like, I'm crouching in my chair, but they're always, like, you know, hiding, like, in their cubes. Like, oh, no, a journalist right. is in here looking for me.
1: Right, and what do they want? What yeah. are they going to say? Yeah, totally get that. So I think that was a little yeah. different. But and, and at that time, though, you know, now there's a lot of young people in journalism. But back when I was a reporter, mm-hmm. the real senior people were, you know, in their 50s. <laughs>
0: So you're like this young woman yeah. running around interviewing people. and <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, but um, I think, you know, I found that once you kind of demonstrate that you know how to do your job mm-hmm. and you do it well, then you, that's really what people care about.
0: Yeah, so you didn't feel like uh, you were an underdog as much.
1: I mean a little bit okay a little bit I mean it's kind of an intimidating um atmosphere I mean working yeah. at the you know working in DC yeah as a 23 year old that was very intimidating to me oh, I, can I mean I imagine. literally interviewed. US senators when I was 23 years old
0: really yeah oh, wow. yeah so what was that like yeah talk about what that experience because I mean we might have people who are listening who are like that's me I'm that girl' who's right. 23 like what's it feel like and what did you learn
1: yeah well I was really intimidated and yeah. And I was afraid of making a mistake, um, partly just because that's my personality. That's a whole <laughs> other issue. But I mean, I think what I learned is that, you know, they're, they're just people. Yeah. You know? They put their pants on one yeah, leg after the other. Yeah. They're just yeah. Um, people. And I think just like going into things prepared, but yet confident is, mm-hmm. is important.
0: Did you ever feel like you dealt with like sexism or just even, I don't know, like just age Like, just because of your age and your gender? Mm -hmm. Because I definitely felt like I dealt with that in my work in politics.
1: Yeah. I feel like, for me, journalism has a lot of women in it. Yeah, um, it really does. You know, journalism schools are graduating more women than than men. I would say for me, it was probably more ageism, not within my workplace, Yeah, but within the people I interviewed. Like I yeah. said, you know, I think they probably looked at me like, you're you know, <laughs> I I mean, I looked younger than I was and I was young. Like yeah. it was, you know, they, they probably were like, Is she even graduated school yeah. yet. <laughs> um, but again, I think, you know, just sticking with your job, doing the best that you can, mm-hmm. you know, that
0: that kind of helped you through it definitely yeah Yeah. I think that uh one of the things I had to navigate as like a I guess I was 24 when I was at the Capitol but it was just I felt a lot of intimidation like Mm. I felt a lot of like there is a power structure here and I have to figure out how to navigate it and maybe you were a little outside of that as a being pressed because press sort of necessarily is outside of that right but like I definitely hopefully f- it should be yeah right? it should be we that's want the goal be, yeah. we don't want it to be too <laughs> incestuous <laughs> no but yeah I just I think that was something that in reflecting now a decade later or more I'm like I, I just I know that that's challenging when you feel that and I'm curious like have there been any like obstacles or challenges you've had to overcome in your career where you either felt misunderstood as a woman or um, you know or maybe out of place even like mm-hmm Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're like, "Where do I which one do you want me to tackle?" Exactly. Um yeah, no it's hard because I think that, you know, I I'm an outspoken person. Um I think that even when I was young, I projected a confidence that I didn't necessarily always have. <laughs> um and I think that sometimes can be misconstrued yeah. sometimes. And I one thing that I did learn, especially even in my, you know, like nonprofit like my volunteer work mm-hmm. that I did was, you know, learning to kind of lead from vulnerability a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to, to be straightforward in your communication. Um, but I think that it's, it's hard to always lead from your, um, you know, strength it can be yeah. hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one thing that like stands out to me about you is that you are very confident and you are very strong, but like you do care, you know, mm. and I'm curious how you've been able to present yourself in a way that, people can connect with and not feel intimidated maybe because you are so confident.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, thank you for saying that because I do care. I (laughs) really do. do. I really do care. And I think, you know, part of it is, is that in my work, like the people come first, like everything that we Mm -hmm. do, you know, even in my, in my role as a communications professional now, like we're trying to do things for people. Yeah. (laughs) And so you can't lose the people like in your work. And I think, you know, having that genuine interest in people, whether it's your, customer or an end Mm -hmm. user or your employees um, you know it's it's important
0: yeah Would you, do you consider yourself a leader when you like look at, I mean, maybe where you look at where you are now, like, do you consider yourself a leader and have you always considered yourself as a leader?
1: Yeah, I think I have. I mean, part of it is just my personality. Yeah. Um, You know, I was always the person, you know, I ran for student council, you know, I've always kind of been in that role. And of course, you know, with owning your own business, you do manage people and you do Mm -hmm. lead people. And, and again, you know, even in the, in a volunteer capacity, I've, I've done yeah, that. That's how we met. That's was, how we met, You yeah. were on a
0: board and I was yeah. on a board. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that, is it possible, though, to like, when you, because this is something I've struggled with, because I'm like you, like, I've always been kind of, like, I was the bossy kid, right? You know, like, I was always a leader kid in school. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes I've had to learn the way that I approach people has had to change over time in order to get things done right Mm. like because i can have a very i'm italian i'm you know i can have a very direct approach with people and Mm -hmm. in politics that works in journalism that works Mm -hmm. it's like hey i need this by this time you know yeah but i find in other contexts i've had to like soften that or like adjust and so like how have you navigated those waters coming from kind of the more dog-eat-dog world of like journalism to like maybe you're working with a ministry or you're working with you know, people that don't roll that way.
1: Yeah. I think part of it is meeting people where they're at and then understanding where people are coming from. Mm. And I remember having a meeting with a colleague back when I was young. Yeah. I had left the, the business journal, was working for a nonprofit, but a nonprofit that was living in a business organization. And I remember him sitting across from me saying, I feel like you're not listening to me. You're just thinking about what you're going to say next. Ooh. Oh I know. So you know lo- what? I- <laughs> oh, that's so awkward. What'd you do? Well, you know what? He was right. <laughs> You're, like, You're right. I can't <laughs> wait to get my next point in. <laughs> he was right. He was right. And it yeah. was a great wake up call for you though. Like yeah. that is so hard to hear. Yeah. But I think that, you know, and honestly in that moment I I prayed. And he immediately could like see the difference, even in like his countenance
0: didn't, shifted. He kinda. didn't know
1: what I was doing. Yeah. you know. but um, yeah.
0: You just prayed like a silent prayer to yourself, like, Lord help me not get mad right now
1: (laughs) or help me listen (laughs) you know yeah Yeah. and and there was something about that he's like I can see that you're listening to me now like he commented on it you know and he didn't even know I was doing that so um I think listening and I think trying to see things from other people's perspectives Mm -hmm. and you know I've also learned that I my mind moves very quickly you and I like to move forward very quickly and people move at a different pace and sometimes it's just Slowing down, yeah, and, and taking people along with, you know, where you're going. Yeah, sometimes it's annoying, and you're like, <laughs> "Why
0: can't you just get it?"
1: Like, but, you know, but, but you're right. But I also sometimes will start talking about <sighs> things. I do this at home and my husband's like, um, what are you talking about? Like, I'll start my conversation. Like I've already thought about like this for
0: 15, <laughs> your 15 steps down the road. And he's yeah. like, can you go back to step one?
1: Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's start there.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point. And I think this is an interesting thing. I mean, you mentioned it, but I want to go back to it of like, when you're in a moment like that, like just even like that's a way you can bring your faith into something where you're in a moment where someone's calling you out and you can just say quick prayer because I think we don't think in the work context Mm. all the time. Like how do you bring your faith in? So I'm curious because you have been in these, you know, important roles or um, yeah, like powerful positions of influence in your work. But like, how do you integrate your faith with your work?
1: Mm -hmm. I think some of it is just kind of staying true to some of your core values. I mean, for, you know, the work that I do today and the work that it is a journalist, like, you know, truth is totally like a guiding principle through all of that yeah um and then just you know I think part of it's just kind of staying true to your values yeah like we don't we don't work with people working on things that we don't think are a good idea
0: yeah Yeah, if it's uh, something that is maybe, yeah, it goes against your values, you don't, yeah. you're not going to be a, because you really are a spokesperson in a lot of these ways. Like as a communicator, like you're yeah. writing the press releases, you're, yeah. you're communicating on behalf of someone else. Right. So if you don't align with what they're doing yeah, and that makes sense to me, I think that's something that people sometimes want to separate their work mm. from their spiritual life. So they're like, I can be this person on Sunday, but then like I'm this person at work that's yeah. different. Yeah. And it sounds like you've integrated those. Yeah,
1: I'm really like huge on authenticity. Like that's really important to me. Um, Part of it is because I need that in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to have any regrets. I'm kind of an anxious person. I went through (laughs) about like when I had a hard time sleeping, and I'm like, I just want to know that like when I go to bed at night, like everything that I'm doing is authentic to who Mm. I am and to what I to what I value.
0: Yeah, and what you've built too, because you've built a good reputation now at this point in your career, and you don't want to like unravel it with aligning yourself with something
1: that's not not great for people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm curious, like, you know, politics, journalism, I mean, they're tough industries, like, how have you dealt with some of the pressures? I mean, because I do think there are pressures of, I mean, even in our sphere of marketing, PR, like, there's pressures of timelines, there's pressures of clients aren't happy with something, you know, somebody calls and yells at you, why did you report it this way? That's not true. Like, Mm -hmm. how have you handled that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to kind of take a step back. I think, also, I struggled with, as a younger person, really, I mean, I think maybe I still struggle with this. I want people to like me. I want people to be happy. We all do.
0: (laughs) But I also think it's a woman thing a little bit.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think men sometimes have an easier time just being like, Eh. Yeah. (laughs) take a hike you know I was gonna say something else but this is you know we'll keep it PG yeah we're gonna keep it PG um and so I think that's part of it is like I think sometimes you need to let go of people yeah of caring so much about what other people think I also find that for me and my team Mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to take a step back yeah you know and sometimes like you Just need to take a pause, and sometimes yeah. things aren't so bad, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. If you step away from the angry client <laughs> email for a yeah. minute, you yeah. might come up
0: with a better response than yeah. what you initially Or want to write. when you
1: read it a second time, you're like, Well, maybe may- they're not that bad, maybe they're not that mad, but yeah. you're yeah. And, and I have found that. And then I'm just gonna say, This is maybe not quite related to what you're talking about. Yeah. Pick up the phone, yes. Pick up the phone. I, that's actually <laughs> great advice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tone is so hard to gauge, yes. it's so, and I think. Especially the younger generation, like, they they want to do everything through text. Mm-hmm. And I sound like I'm archaic right Reporters now. Reporters
1: still do this now.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. Like, they just text stuff or they pick up the phone?
1: No, they text. They text. They let me know that they need whatever. Yeah, And sometimes they quote what I say in the text. And you're like, OK.
0: <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not everyone. Yeah. Not
1: everyone. But yeah. But so reporter. does it work better if
0: they pick up the phone?
1: I prefer that, but yeah. I don't know if that's just because I'm old, you know. <laughs>
0: but. I do think there is something about getting things done, though, with people. And, like, I do think the reporter-PR relationship is an interesting one because it's, like, PR company needs, like, the reporter needs a PR company to do something. like Or to, like – Or in, not. Or not. <laughs> or they want to try to influence, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's about relationships. It's about who you know. And it's kind of like, how do you keep those relationships when everything is so like robotic and email? And like, there is something I think being lost in the art of like personal relationships. Yeah.
1: And I try, like, when we're doing work at the Capitol, like, I try to, I mean, a lot of these people I've known for a long time. Right. Like, some people were working when, you know, believe it or not, some people were working when I was working there. Um, Yeah. But I think it's important to maintain that relationship. I go down there and I see these people in person just to be like, hi yeah I'm Amy <laughs> yeah well and I don't know if you still have your office right across the street from I the do govel, but yeah like, I
0: haven't used it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you have that proximity of like you yeah, can just run across the street mm-hmm. and be like hey yeah. okay yeah. I'm here exactly I love that yeah so what's like um you know a leadership challenge or something you've had to overcome like a mindset or a difficult mm-hmm. boss or just sure. you know an environment
1: that you've been in yeah so <laughs> so, after I left journalism, um, I went to work for a nonprofit. And it was my first, like, being a journalist is unique. Yeah. You have a ton of autonomy and a lot of, like, the corporate norms are right. just not things that you deal with it's probably like being a realtor like you don't yeah, yeah. i mean we were in the office you're, i had editors and whatever yeah. but it's just different you you're know? not at your desk nine to five like, no and yeah. when i was at the capitol they're like where is they like i yeah. they didn't even see me right yeah. like you know when i was at the capitol um but i had a boss who really loved to help people out and wanted to say yes but yeah. he ended up um sometimes over Committing. I was an associate director. So, you know, he was like, sure, we can do that. And then, you know, I felt like I was the one that had to actually do all the things, right? Yeah. And it was tough. And I felt very responsible for everything that we did in that organization. And I think that learning how to really identify which balls are my balls to keep in the air and which are other people's was critical. That's a good way of saying it. It's yeah. like boundaries because, especially exactly. when you have a
0: boundaryless boss who's like, Yeah, yeah, we could do it. We can yeah. do it. And you're the team like catching
1: everything, like, <laughs>
0: I don't know how we're going to do this. Yeah. But I'll just work harder and work harder. And, and then you get burnt out or you get resentful.
1: Exactly. And what I've also found is, you know, even outside of that job, like in the volunteer world, sometimes I was leading like younger volunteers. Yeah. When you are carrying everyone else's, you know, balls trying to keep them in the air, you are preventing other people from. Stepping into the leader that they—that's such a great that they point. should be. I definitely. I want you to say that again, <laughs> so people, because so, to say that again. <laughs> so when it can be tempting to keep everyone's balls in the air, sometimes yeah. you're taking things from other people and you're yeah. preventing them from growing in their leadership. This is such an important point for
0: anyone who's Type A,
1: yes,
0: and anyone who's a perfectionist yeah. or like wants to micromanage. Because I think naturally, like I was the person in college where if you put me on a group. Paper, I was like, This is my hell. Like, I, this is my actual hell. Like, mm-hmm. I have to work with these people and they're part of my grade. <laughs> and sometimes you, you don't get to say who's on the group paper with you, you know? Right. And it was like, I remember this one paper I was on. uh I will not mention who it was with, but it was with someone in cl- my classes. And it was just like, She just did not approach the paper the same way. Like, it yeah. was like, She was one of those who would like pull an all nighter to like get her papers done. Yeah. And I'm like, I like my sleep like I do not want to mm-hmm. pull I hate all-nighters like yeah. I was a college kid who did like one all-nighter and was like I'm never doing this again like I hate this wow I hated it so I was like <laughs> like sleeping so I would like kind of map out okay you know I got to get this done you know I'll maybe I'll work on it you know a little bit here a little bit here and then I'll crank it out and I'll be in bed by 10 yeah. you know um but she was like her approach was so different and it was like I'm like are going to be up all night, you know, and I'm panicking because I'm like, she's just taking so long to, like, work on this together. And I realized, though, in that time, like, what had happened was I couldn't, like, couldn't go control mm-hmm. of the paper. So I was like, because I was like, I need to make sure we get an A and I right. don't trust your work. Right. So, like, I now have to, like, go in your process and then fix your work so that I can make sure I get my A. And in, in hindsight, that could have worked for a paper, but, like, when you're collaborating with teams. Oh, yeah it doesn't work because over time you're burning yourself out right like you're trying to control so that nobody makes a mistake
1: right and And then no one likes that either and nobody
0: likes that no no one one likes to be micromanaged (laughs) (laughs) so um I'm curious like you know you lead a team now like what have you what what growth points have you hit to try to learn how to like manage people lead people in teams
1: yeah um so as we discussed I was a journalism major right like I did not go to business school I did not come up through the corporate world like really running my business is my first like you know being in the business world and so it's been something that I've had to learn and um, I think that. Do you mean it, just like
0: the the LLC like admin side of well, it, or
1: leading? I mean, as a journalist, yeah. as a reporter, you don't manage anyone. You You're manage yourself. S- yeah. <laughs> You're Yeah. 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 And so, like managing teams and making sure you know the right people are doing the right jobs, and then understanding what people need to do to do their job well. I have yeah. a colleague who works very differently than I do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I have to present things in a way that reflects the way that she works, and yeah. we have to communicate in a way that reflects the way that she works
0: and as long as she's getting her stuff done then it's like you don't need to speak to how she approaches it no yeah yeah
1: not at all she's wonderful she just does things differently than I do
0: I think this is good in marriage as well
1: <laughs> it's good in so many ways <laughs> I feel
0: like in marriage like in uh Stefan's in the room but I feel like <laughs> we're so often like I'm like why why would you do it that way like that. Doesn't make sense yeah. to me, but I find that he gets to the same end results. It's sure. just a the different. process
1: is different, yeah. And you need to respect those differences. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. This colleague I'm telling you about, she saved us today. She's very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Like we'll read every word of everything. Mm-hmm. We're about to push send down. This literally happened today. <laughs> like we're about to push pre- send down a press release. She's like, oh my gosh, this paragraph has like three things that are wrong in it, and I was oh.
0: like. Thank you. Thank God for her work style. Yes, and her gifts. Exactly. Because otherwise that'd be out in the universe and be wrong. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, and I
0: think that's the thing too is like when you're building a team, it's really trying to identify like what is someone's, what's the gold in someone? Like I remember yeah. when I was like at, you know, working for the Republican party, I had like a, a batch of interns. They were always like giving me interns because mm-hmm. no one wanted to deal with the interns. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I I was, the, yeah, I was the receptor <laughs> of the interns. Yeah. But I was like, it was hard for me because I'm like I was already drowning in my job I was working like 60 hours a week I I was like a one-woman operation running all this fundraising stuff and then I'm getting these interns that now I got to train them I got to make sure they're doing something in their day sure so I got really good at quickly spotting yeah what the gold in that person was like I had one intern who was so administrative she was amazing she was my she was my yin to my yang you know what I mean like I am not administrative like I'm kind of like scattered and like she was so organized as like, I would give her something and she'd have to add up all the the receipts and they'd always calculate out. I would do it. They would not calculate out. (laughs) And so it was like, oh yes, you're the best. But then I got my next intern and she was like, horrible. Like Mm -hmm. she would like do the admin stuff and do it worse than I would. And so then I'd have to redo it all. And I was like, okay, well I can be frustrated that I don't have my perfect admin intern or I can figure out what this person is really good at
1: and use them for that
0: exactly and she was so good on the phone so Mm -hmm. good with people so you know what I had her doing I had her calling venues and uh, restaurants and like you're in charge of planning these events like I want you to network with the vendors figure out where we're doing these events like I don't have time to be on the phone all day like and you do and it it was great and so it was just like I think like you said
1: like it's finding the right seat on the bus yeah it's so important and it really serves other people yeah people want to work in their gifts they do and yeah. they don't
0: want to work, uh, like in something where it's like they're forced to fit a mold that they don't naturally fit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I found about myself in my own career. Like I feel like it's just been trying things and be like, nope, that doesn't fit. That does <laughs> fit. That doesn't fit. That <laughs> fit. fit. Um, so just transitioning a little bit though, like one of the things like I'm wanting to talk to you about is just the whole dynamic of being a working mom. Yeah, I think this is a topic that isn't talked about enough. Mm. I think it really I, the working mom friends I talk to it's kind of go from saying like either I feel isolated because I don't have a ton of friends at work or mm. I feel like I'm left out of like mom world a little mm. bit. And so I'm curious what your experience has been being a working mom. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I've felt both of that, um, those things. Um, I am kind of in between those worlds, I feel yeah. like a little bit because I do have the flexibility mm-hmm. like today. Mm-hmm. you know, we're we're talking right now and it's um, the week before Thanksgiving. And yeah. so they had like, like Thanksgiving lunch at, at school. And so oh, I was able cute. to pop out for that and then come back and find the press release that was broken. <laughs> so, you know, so, but it is a juggling, you know, it is a juggling thing that you're doing. I, I will say that my husband helps make this possible in yeah. a way that Other husbands need to help make this possible for women because he is so involved. Mm. Um, He's really hands on with our children and he's also very supportive of my work and my passions. He knows I love it, he knows I'm passionate about it, and he's all about that. And so, what's that look like practically for you guys? Like, what do you mean by that? We have discussions, we have a lot of communication, and he literally said to me, Can I do a meeting? at four thirty on november 30th or whatever it yeah. was um because he wanted to make sure because our kids are home then uh, okay and he wanted to make sure that i didn't have something going yeah, on yeah and so i think you know in some households that'd be a different conversation yeah that meeting would have been scheduled yeah you know and then it would have just fallen for the the wife to figure, to it, figure out. it out mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen in our family i love that i think it's an interesting
0: dynamic and i mean I'm getting in a little bit of like controversial waters here though but I think Christian women specifically that work Mm -hmm. now we get into a layer deeper of Mm. the whole should you be working Mm. should you be home with the kids and all the like subliminal messaging Mm -hmm. of like you know I know for me I I only recently woke up to this realization of like I think part of the reason I stepped out of a lot of work after getting married is I felt like I needed to make space to, like, have kids and, like, do the mom thing. Mm -hmm. And that that meant I needed to shut down Mm. all my work. And that wasn't coming from my husband. So I'm like, where was that coming Mm. from? And as I've reflected, I'm like, I think it's come from kind of just the church is, like, sort of – as a single woman, you know, Mm. I felt like – you know, and we've talked about being single ladies well into our 30s. Like, you know, like –
1: uh late 30s for some
0: of (laughs) us yeah but like as and I want to get to that too but like as a single woman I think you sort of feel like it's message to you like your your role Mm. is to get married and then have the family and like that's a good thing that's a god thing totally but then like what do you do when you've had this career yeah for a decade and you're like reconciling these two identities. Yeah.
1: You know, that just wasn't something that I had to struggle with. It's not how I grew up. My mom okay. was both home and worked at different okay. points in our childhood. Um I haven't grown up in churches where I've received that. Um so I think that's just a really personal yeah. thing.
0: That and I just think there are people that do struggle. Either they don't struggle with like cuz they had a great exposure of like, hey, cuz my mom was working too. So yeah. it just more I think I had this sense of like, you know, Uh, that women like I was talking with some friends I'm like how did you decide to become a stay-at-home mom versus stay working Mm -hmm. and it just seems like it is very individual for each family what resources do they have yeah what's the husband's opinion what do the kids need like yeah and like I don't know if you've because you roam in a lot of mom networks and working mom networks like what do you see kind of are the trends with
1: that I think it is very individual and I think that a lot of people, you know, want want to be home. And let's yeah. be honest, child care is so expensive. Yeah, it is. Our our kids are both in school now and we feel like we got to be raise cuz it's child care yeah. is so expensive and I think for a lot of families it just doesn't even make sense financially. Yeah. For for some, you know, for the wife to work necessarily. Um but you know, for us, we just had to look at our situation. My husband's also flexible as well, so yeah. we can like we can be present in a way, but we can also like work as well. Is that
0: something you guys talked about, like wanting to have that dynamic, or was that just kind of how it worked out? It just
1: kind of worked out that way. Okay. Like I think we both. My husband loves being a dad. Okay. My husband loves being a dad so much that I think my my kids see that and like. If you ask my oldest son what he wants to be when he grows up, he grows up, he'll say a dad. A dad. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's so cute. Yeah. So my husband loves. So he's like, it's a profession. Dad is a professional dad (laughs) but that's how present my husband is right you know like I don't think he fully understands all that my husband does outside of being a dad because he's so but he's so present so it just it it worked out that way for us that's great Uh, now okay we got to get into the the single lady
0: stuff because yeah hey single ladies yeah this is the juice people want to know because (laughs) it's like so when did you meet Jacob Mm -hmm. and how long were you single and what was that experience like for you
1: that's a whole nother podcast. We like got time. I, we got time. I can totally <laughs> Got 30 minutes. <laughs> um, well let me just start by saying that my parents got married when they were 23 years old. And oh my so gosh. I kind of thought like, well, and are they still married? Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. They're still married. I love that. Yeah. And um I thought that would be my story. Yeah. You know? And, A lot of us do. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't. And okay. um, it was hard for me because it's something that I deeply long for. And I mean, yeah. not having that desire met is really difficult, no matter what the desire is. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was hard. But I... You know, didn't get married until I was thirty-seven. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was thirty-seven. Yeah, I got married when I was thirty-seven. Jacob and I have been married for ten years, so y'all know how old I am now.
0: She doesn't look it though. If you're, <laughs> if you're not watching, she does not look it. It's, it's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I'm Thanks. like,
0: what do you do? What, what is your skincare routine?
1: <laughs> it's genetic. i yeah, get it from my mama. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we met. We met at. <laughs> we met at church. We met in a small group, and we you know from a first date to walking down the aisle was about a year.
0: And that was us too.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been great, and and I know you feel this way as well. Like also worth the wait.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I honestly, in reflecting, I've had like a difficult past year, um, and in reflecting, it's like you don't know where your bottom at is at necessarily until life throws you some mm. things and when you hit your bottom and your partner like is who you think they are and they are more than you think they are they're more yeah. supportive they're more amazing you're like this was worth it yeah. like i am so glad i did not get married to somebody just to tick a box or uh-huh. to make like my social circle feel better about my singleness or to make myself yeah feel better it's lonely oh yeah it's so lonely i'm curious like did you ever feel being single in the church or being single as a working woman, did you ever feel like uh any kind of way about that? Or was that just like, oh, I'm good. I'm just rocking you know, my my career?
1: No. I mean I think that like when you when you are involved in the church, there's a lot of people getting married around yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yep, you're a bridesmaid <laughs> many times.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I remember, like, one of my bosses being like, I was going to wedding, he's like, do you really want to go to another wedding, Amy? And I was just like, yes, I'm so, I was yeah. so thrilled for them. But it is yeah. hard, and it does feel lonely. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I took that um, in a negative direction. You know, mm. I was like, I took that as something that kind of fed an insecurity that I had. So it was something mm. that I really had to grow through.
0: Yeah, did you... Um, how did you know that you had made, met the right guy though when you did meet him?
1: How did I know? Yeah. You know, I, I think there was just a piece about it, and then mm-hmm. there was just this overwhelming sense of wanting to start life with this person. Yeah.
0: And yeah. I I think that that's how I describe it too is just like, because I think that was something I was so stressed when I was dating. Like, how am I going to know? Like, what if I got yeah. the wrong person? Yeah. And then, like, it's they turned out decision. to be like, mr hut or was it dr jekyll mr hyde situation (laughs) and like you know happens
1: and it does i was like
0: really worried about it but i think that um i think it's just that peace that pervades this especially if you believe in in god and you're praying through it and Mm -hmm. you're asking god for direction i do think it's just a sense of peace you know Mm -hmm. i'm curious like um so the transition from like you know you're you're working you can get married then you become a mom how old are you when you become a mom
1: 39.
0: Okay, so you have your first baby. Mm-hmm. And what's what's the identity mm-hmm. dynamic, like, shifting from, you know, working woman, wife, and now mom? Like, did you ever go through any sort of, like like identity shifts
1: you know i am one of those people who's always staring at my belly button right like <laughs> what's going on in here yeah like how do i feel about this yeah and it's something i was really thoughtful about yeah you know and i was like i i i was open and held loosely to like maybe i want to quit working for a while yeah maybe i want to close down my business and go work for you know someone else yeah and so you know i i I had started my business before I got married. Yeah. Uh, which is again a whole nother challenge, whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kept it and have kept it in part because I do like that flexibility that yeah. it provides. Like I wanna do I wanna do both.
0: Yeah. Did you did you struggle to at all with like um being like being known as like, you know, Amy journalist, communicator to then sure. like Amy mom? Like
1: yeah. mom world you know like <laughs> yeah but I was so excited yeah to you know I mean when you have spent your life thinking that you're going to get married when you're 23 yeah and have <laughs> children when you're 25 you know I was just so excited yeah I was, was so excited to have a baby mm-hmm. yeah
0: now okay so that this is an interesting because we don't have kids yet we've been trying for two years mm-hmm. but When you're an older mom, that's like its own thing. And I feel like people sort of like, there's all sorts of fear mongering around, like you
1: mm-hmm. know, geriatric pregnancies and like yeah. high risk, and it gets labeled on your paperwork at the top. Yeah. Geriatric pregnancy. So how did you handle that? I asked questions. Okay. I am a you know former reporter. Yes. And so I asked my doctor about yeah. this. You know, like I wanted to know, like yeah. what does this mean? Yeah. And he just laid out the statistics for me. And and, and honestly, did you it- cry after that? Because I would have been terrified. No, because it, the, I mean, honestly, at my age, at you know, 39, they yeah. just wasn't a huge increase in in risk that people worry okay. about mm-hmm. so
0: and then you had your second son
1: at 41 41.
0: So I think I just want people to hear this who are 25 and yeah. freaking out about their like not being married yeah. or like how they've been waiting forever
1: yeah. like if you have a baby at 41, It's okay. Yeah, like it is okay. Your path is your path. I can still play soccer with them. You know, it's not like I'm in a walker (laughs) or anything like that. So,
0: yeah, I was gonna say, do do you feel like being an older mom, you've had to keep up with your health more, like or? It's, I mean, or is it more top of mind? Like, <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta keep up with these little babies. Like,
1: I mean, I think about them like when they're my age. Yeah. Right. Like, I really. I'm and like, then you
0: calculate out how old you're gonna be.
1: <laughs> I'm like, wait, how old do I want them to be? Like when they get married and have children? I'm yeah. like, well, we we gotta do some things right here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I do think about that. Like, yeah. If, if you want to live a long time, but we can't control the things. That's
0: right. Yeah. Um. So I guess like one of my last questions to you is just like if you could turn back time. Mm. Talk to your 18-year-old self. Yeah, What are you telling
1: her? Yeah, I would tell her to trust herself. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Why? Um, I, I dealt with some insecurity. I think I did project a lot of confidence, but I, I often would second-guess myself and decisions. And I think what I learned over time was mm. I had a good gut. Yeah. Like, I... I know how to be thoughtful about things mm. and I just wished I wouldn't have worried so much about making the wrong decision and just kind of trusted myself a little bit more. I love that. I feel like
0: when you get a little older as a woman, like that is a, like a common thing I hear is like trust your gut. But I don't think we, I don't think we, um, trusted enough. Like I feel like women have an intuition. I was just talking to a friend yeah. earlier about this. I was like, she's just started dating this guy and you know. I said, my advice to you is just sit with this decision and with all this information you know about him and just, like, turn inward and ask yourself... Does, do I feel good in this relationship because I find a lot of women when they go through a divorce or they get cheated upon or they you know do something most of the time they say I had a good feeling mm-hmm. I had a feeling it wasn't the right move yeah whether it was a career move or you know a person they were dating or whatever like most people have and especially I think if you're a Christian like you can hear from the Lord yeah so sometimes trusting your gut is listening to the Holy yes. Spirit and not letting your fears and you know insecurities overwhelm. Just him saying go for it or don't yeah. go for it. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: and and in that we're not supposed to worry, right? Yeah, like, we're not supposed to worry. So yeah, which is hard, but yeah, I think you're right. We gotta. I love that
0: advice. That's awesome. Do you have a leadership rule that you live by? I know this is kind of like a you might you may or may not have
1: one but i don't know that i have a leadership role Mm -hmm. was funny i talked to my husband about this he's like amy you are just super big on being authentic and i'm like yeah like that's kind of your leadership i think yeah i mean i don't even know if it's a rule it's just like kind of integrated in who i am like i don't like people who aren't authentic yeah like i you know i'd like to be that way to other people like Mm -hmm. i really want to be transparent in that way so and i think people respond to that kind of authenticity i think it's a level of integrity
0: too it's like it's interesting Mm because like authenticity is just a variation of integrity and like everything you do Mm -hmm. like in your work as a journalist and as a writer is to tell the truth right and so it's like you want to tell the truth with your life yes you know and you don't want people to think you're one way when you're really another yeah exactly I love that you are a very authentic person and what you see is what you get yeah you know (laughs) you're not fake (laughs) and that's something I I mean this, I'm going to just gripe about women for a second. I love women. Obviously, I wouldn't do this podcast if I didn't. But, like, the fake woman is so hard for me. Mm. It's like, I think partly it's just like, you know, we just want to know you. Like, yeah. who are you? Like, yeah. you know, like, you don't have to be any kind of way. No, just be. you're having a
1: horrible day, I want to hear about it. Yeah, exactly. I, wanna, yeah, I, wanna,
0: I think people okay. don't feel safe, though. I think that's yeah. partly why people don't. I feel like if you've been hurt in the past, it's easier mm. to put up a mask and just kind of not be real but I would encourage you like if you are like I don't know if I'm an authentic person per se I think just taking the first step of like sharing something that you're going through with a friend or family member vulnerability is hard it is so hard Yeah, especially if you're somebody who wants to present themselves well Mm -hmm. I think if you have a degree of excellence that you care about that's hard to you know be vulnerable because you're like I don't want them to think that I'm not put together but like yeah I want to be real
1: but I would just I guess try to think of a time when you know I think people respond well to vulnerability they do yeah
0: yeah I would love to know if you this is a fun question yeah but if you have a free day Uh uh-huh the kiddos are like let's just pretend they're not in the picture yeah you don't have to worry there's no mom guilt yeah how do you spend your free day
1: so there's something that I used to do when I was single that okay. I love to do Okay, that, like when it's my birthday, my husband will let me do this. Not, nice. I know I'll say let me, but- He'll encourage you to yes, do it. Yes, he encourages me. He does. He encourages me to do it. And I love to go and get breakfast by myself. Okay. And take the paper. It's like actual physical. Oh, yeah. Like we get the paper delivered. Yeah. I love it. Like Still, the physical newspaper. The physical paper and just sit there. And drink coffee and eat breakfast read the paper. and read the paper. And depending where you're at, like sometimes it's better to like sit at the bar, uh-huh. so you can like talk to your neighbors chat about yeah. the paper.
0: I love. I feel like that's <laughs> so okay. I I'm going to embarrass myself for the sake of the story because we were in Vale recently mm-hmm. and they had the paper. Like the place we were staying always had the paper out. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, the paper Vail daily. Yeah, Vale yeah. daily. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, and they did like a nice breakfast and I started leaving my phone in the room and just getting the paper and yeah. like flipping through it yeah. and it was like I'm like I feel like I'm such an old-timey person but like, isn't it relaxing it kind of it's is so
1: enjoyable
0: and it's something about the tactile of yeah. like flipping through that's so okay I have a question did you ever watch the show Newsroom
1: oh my gosh obsessed
0: did, did you like that oh my gosh it was so good
1: I almost wrote an uh, a letter to the creator when that show ended because I was did? so <laughs> mad. I was mad too. I thought they cut it short. I'm like, this should have no, kept going. I know it was so good. It was such so. Good. I think they
0: had like planned only like what was it, three seasons or something, something
1: like that, or maybe it was just two. I can't remember, but it was,
0: it was n- either was way, way too short. Too short. Not enough. I actually was like that show made me be like, should I have been a journalist? Yeah, I feel like I would have loved this. Yeah. yeah, and a second it's a fun job. Yeah, and um, did you, and it was the same creator of West Wing, I think, right? Yeah,
1: I think so. Whoever creates all that, like, fast, like, di- dialogue. Sorkin. Yes.
0: Aaron Sorkin, I is think, it? is his name. But, mm. Yeah anyways i had to ask you about that because i was like loved it whenever i think of you i think of that show <laughs> so well amy thank you for being on the show thanks for having me it's so I great to be you. with you yes i know we we talked about how we're going to do like a single ladies panel yeah. or something yeah and we'll just have to have you back for yes. that that'll be fun love to i mean that. you're not single now but no
1: i was for you a had long 37
0: time. years of practice <laughs> i
1: did so
0: i know a couple things about it yeah exactly <laughs> well thank you so much friend Thank you. I hope you liked that episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, really anyone. You never know who may need the encouragement. Also, if you would rate, review, and subscribe, that goes a long way to helping this leadership community grow and reach more women. To learn more about me or to find out about my coaching programs, please check out my website, IamSaraFernandez.com. And remember, I'm Sarah with no H. Until next time.